Greetings one and all, wherever you are in the universe, metaverse or rainbow, and welcome to the latest episode of an espresso shot of confidence. The podcast that explores all aspects of confidence, challenges taboos and unhelpful narratives, and empowers you to be awesome, loudly and proudly. It's time for you to grab a drink and settle in for the next however long this episode is. I'm your host, the master of awesomeness, Ashley Griffiths, and today we will explore public speaking. And why so many people don't have the confidence to do it. In their latest study on America's fears, Chapman University highlighted that more people would rather swim with dangerous sharks than get on stage. Does this sound familiar to you? It doesn't really come as a surprise to me, really. The fact that I know so many people that hate the idea of getting up on stage, handling a microphone, being in front of people, and the whole possibility of it all going spectacularly wrong. People not listening, people booing you out of the room, all these stories that we tell ourselves. And I used to be like that too. I used to hate the idea of getting up on stage, recording videos, being the center of attention was, yeah, I, I would have dived straight in with the great whites and I'd have attached fish to me. I would have definitely preferred doing that to public speaking. And I've also noticed that people feel the same about videos, about social media, about getting out there. And I totally get that, you know, social media can sometimes feel like you are stepping into shark infested waters. You know, every time you put out content, you're staring right into the eyes of judgment and the predatory imposter syndrome. There's the fear of trolls. There's the fear that you might get found out that people won't like your stuff. It literally is a minefield. And if you've got any sort of blocks or limiting beliefs there, then it's just going to be massively challenging for you to step up and, and put it out there. You're, you're literally going to be stepping out of your comfort zone every single second, of every single day. But here's the thing. I would encourage you to take on that challenge because by putting yourself out there that one day and realizing that the world hasn't exploded when you post a piece of content, when you've delivered a training course, when you've done your speech and realize that people actually wanted to listen. They see the value in what you have to offer. It's powerful, right? And you can use that first step to power you through into the next, however many steps you're going to take. And it's all about the repetitions. The more you do it, 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 the more you will gain confidence in it. You will gain skill and the belief that you've got it. But it all comes from taking that first step. So let's look at some of these common blocks that stop people from putting 
content into the world, speaking in public and confidently sharing their knowledge and expertise. And I'm going to start by telling a story, a story that got me to where I am now, today, doing this podcast, talking into a microphone. I can hear myself speaking as we talk. I can hear it playing back in my ears. And one of the common things that people tell me when they are talking about getting up on stage and recording things is that they hate the sound of their own voice. They hate how it sounds. And I was exactly the same when it comes to, to using a microphone. Oh, man. I used to hate the idea. Like every time somebody would thrust a microphone near me, I'd say, no, 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 that ain't coming anywhere near my mouth. And it had nothing to do with a microphone. It had everything to do with perception because I perceived that my voice was boring. I perceived that I talked in a drawl that would send people off to sleep every time I got on the microphone. I believe that I sounded awful, boring I, I was is the word. I used to describe myself, oh, God, that's boring. You sound like you're half asleep, Ashley. What's wrong with you? But a couple of things changed. To start with, I didn't use a microphone for ages. I would rely on projection. No matter whether I was in a room with five people, 10 people, 500 people, I would project. Now that's great if you're only doing it once every while, but if you're doing that every day, that, that causes a problem. So when I was in my teaching career, I would often lose my voice or have sore throats because I was constantly overworking my, my vocal cords. So I wouldn't, if anybody gave me a microphone, I would say, no, thank you. I don't want to do it. I don't want to speak on the microphone. I will just project. So I was confident in my knowledge. I was confident in my delivery. I was confident in my ability to hold a room, to keep people engaged, to keep people focused, to keep people's attention and to keep them from not falling asleep. Knowing that I had the attention of the audience enabled me to start talking into a microphone. It also helped. I started working a lot more online. So I was constantly talking into microphones, talking into them, doing recordings and playing those recordings out into the world. I constantly heard my voice. I constantly heard my voice, constantly heard my voice. But before I move on to what, have, what came next, just wanted to draw your attention to something like one of the major reasons why we say we hate our voice. Is, well, there's a couple. There's a couple of reasons why that. Maybe we've been bullied in the past. People have said unhelpful or nasty comments about that. You know, you sound like this. You've got a squeaky voice. You're really quiet. You're really this. You're really that. And we've internalized that, and we've allowed that to become part of our identity. So that's one of the things that can hold people back. Second one is the way that we perceive sounds. Now, this was a revelation to me because I'd never even thought about it. But when we're having a regular conversation, obviously we can hear ourselves speak. You know, we're, we're getting the input from whoever we're having a conversation with and we can hear our voice 
as we're speaking. Now we perceive that sound as internal to us because the sound is coming from within. So we hear it very differently to when we hear our voice played back. When we hear our voice played back via a recording or if someone's done a video of us or whatever, we hear our voice externally to us. And that creates a disconnect because we're like, wow, do I really sound like that? Oh, wow, I don't like that. Oh, no. Oh, God, yeah, no. So it causes perception issue and that can create a block in itself. But coming back to, to what I said earlier on about the message, about knowing that people are paying attention. That is the important thing. Having a message that people buy into, that people like, that empowers them, that inspires them. That's what they're listening to. And if you're able to confidently deliver that message, then you're going to really capture the attention of your audience. Coming back to how I got past my block with the sound. Like most people with the pandemic, we were forced to move online. I'd often record sessions with clients and then play them back. And also around that time as well, a friend of mine asked me to help with a podcast. So I was constantly listening back to my voice. And I also started doing videos. And when I was editing them, I'd be constantly listening back to my voice. And I was getting feedback. I was getting external feedback. People saying, oh, Ashley, you've got very nice voice. You've got great energy. You, you, you speak very clearly. We love that. And I was like, okay. So I'm connecting with the audience and I'm connecting on the microphone. Or via video or on this podcast. And that was a very powerful switch for me because I drilled back into that. So I was capturing the attention of the audience. The content and the message was important. How I was delivering it was being received. It was being understood. And people liked it. People felt empowered by it. And that is the thing to always remember. So say, for example, you're in a public speaking arena and you're just thinking about your voice. Say you've been invited to do a speech or presentation. Ask yourself this question. Have they invited you because of the sound of your voice or have they invited you because of your knowledge and expertise? Have they invited you into the room to laugh at you? To go, geez, you've got the squeakiest voice in the world. No, of course not, right? You're there because of your expertise. If you're posting a video and somebody watches it online, they're listening to the message. They're listening to your content. They're not going to be listening to it to critique your voice. 
And regarding your voice, your voice is such a powerful part of you. Your accent is such a powerful part of you. It is an amazing tool to communicate with the world, to get whatever's out in, in your noggin, in your head, out into the world. So honor it. Honor your powerful voice, whether it's quiet or loud, it doesn't matter. If it's squeaky, whatever, honor it. It's part of you. That part of you has real power. It has the power to share your knowledge, your skills, your expertise, your stories. It has the power. So honor it. And the more that you do that, the more you get used to honoring, really feeling proud of your voice. And the more that you do your repetitions of public speaking, of videos, whatever it is, that's going to build up your confidence. And the more and more confidence you get, before you know it, you won't even be thinking about your voice. You'll just be so focused on delivering value, delivering fantastic experience to your clients, whatever it is you're doing. And that is the most important thing. So let's move on to a second one. Our good old friend, the imposter syndrome, the feeling that we're going to get found out. People are going to judge us for our lack of knowledge, our lack of skill. But they're going to laugh at us. Why are we even here? Why have they invited us here? I'm useless. I've got nothing to share. We've all been there, right? I know I have countless times. Just recently, I was preparing to do a workshop with a group of professionals, people I'd not met before. And I, yeah, imposter showed up and started calling me out and the mind monkeys went, you don't know anything. You're going to waste their time. They're going to laugh at you. They're going to think, who's the hell's this clown? And that fear can get so intense. I know in the, in the past for me, when I was a kid, I would not do things because of that fear. It would get so intense. I, I wouldn't want to speak in front of class. I wouldn't want to get up on stage because I thought people would judge me, that people would laugh at what I had to say and that my, my content had no worth. And that plays out, that fear plays out every single day in boardrooms, meeting rooms, online, on stages. Now, I couldn't believe it the other week when I, I saw Paul McCartney of the Beatles, one of the most famous men on the planet, one of the best performers ever to live, saying that he suffered from imposter syndrome that he was scared that people wouldn't show up, that people wouldn't like his new material. And this is somebody who has sold millions of records, performed probably in front of millions of people, and he still had that doubt. So it's something that happens to everybody. So when you're looking around and thinking everybody's got their shit together, question that but let's forget about those right now let's think about you so when it comes to imposter syndrome it's always worth challenging those thoughts 
that are in your mind. Challenging what's coming up. So when you're saying, say the imposter, the little voice goes off in your head saying, you don't know shit. You don't know anything. Why are you even here? Because I was invited to speak. And why did they invite you to speak? Was it because they fancied a laugh? You were invited to be a keynote, sp keynote speaker so they could laugh at you. Your boss has asked you to present a really important document to prospective clients. Has he asked you to do that because he wants the company to fail and he thinks you're the best way to do that? I'm hoping you're saying no to both of those things. And the reason I asked those questions was because sometimes we have to address the my monkeys. We have to play them at their game. Okay, you're going to create drama. Let's put this situation here. Is that going to happen? By doing that, the rational mind can kick in. Because ultimately, if you've been invited to be a keynote speaker, you've been invited because you know your shit. Same with the example with the boss inviting you to the pre lead the presentation. Because people trust you. People know that you know your stuff. And you have value to add to your audience. That is why you've been invited to show up. So lean into that. Lean into the things that you can control, the things that you know, your strengths, your knowledge, your ability, your proven track record. Try this example as well. So if you're just about to present to a new group of people, think about the results that you've had before doing that similar thing. Look at your recommendations, look at your feedback, think about clients you work with, think about the results that you've got with them and let that energy infuse your delivery because you are not an imposter. You're exactly where you're meant to be and you're going to smash the how out of your presentation, your public speaking engagement. Your video is going to resonate with people, but you need to believe that. You need to wholeheartedly believe that. And to believe that, you need the evidence. Now, if you let the mind monkeys go and take over, they're going to search for all sorts of dramas. They're going to search for all sorts of dramas that are just going to pull you down and question every ounce of your being, your knowledge, your experience, your ability. So you need to give it a reality check. So by asking these questions, by looking for evidence of your expertise, your knowledge, your ability, that will power you forwards. I know in some cases it might not be easy to find a whole bank of knowledge if you're new to your career or you've, you're trying something for the first time. It can be bloody scary, absolutely. I mean, anytime you're stepping outside of your comfort zone, that can feel very scary. I know this year was the first year I started doing paid workshops for my business. And yeah, that was quite loaded to start with because I wanted them to be successful. I wanted them to be a foundation for, for the future. So yeah, that, that I did feel quite nervous, but again, I was like, I know my stuff I've prepared. I'm prepared as I can be. I believe in myself. I know I have things to offer, so I'm going to do it. And off I went. So if you're 
being asked to do something for the first time. Again, there's a reason why they'd have asked you to do it for the first time. And again, that's that trust. So it's leaning into the things that you've got, the things that you can do. Really lean into your strengths. Ask yourself that question. What my strengths, what things can I do well? What do I do really well? Have I received any positive feedback recently from my colleagues, from potentially clients, from my boss? Do I know my material? Am I prepared? Do I really, really want the result of whatever happens when I do this action? Are you wanting to gain new clients? Are you wanting to inspire, empower people? Yes, then go ahead and bloody do it. Believe that you can get the result. Visualize that result. Believe in that result. Lean into all of those positive things that you found from your discovery. And go for it. What have you got to lose? Sure, the first time you do something, it might not be brilliant. Like, for example, the first time I did videos, it's crap. It's crap. The first time I ever did a presentation, it was a bit shaky. The first time I ever stood up in front of a group of students, <laughs> it wasn't the best class that's ever been delivered. But I took that first step. Wasn't a disaster. The world didn't explode. I learned things. There were positives to take from them. And from those positives, from those lessons and from those mistakes I made, I moved forwards on and got better and better and better and better as I got the reps in. And again, I've mentioned this already. Repetition, repetition, repetition. The more you do it, the more confident you will become. So taking that first step, then going from there, that is the absolute key. So one of the things that often comes up with imposter syndrome that usually accompanies it are what ifs. Duh, duh, duh. What if this happens? What if the world explodes? So let's just think of a few that have come up into my head over the years when it comes to public speaking or putting out video content. Here's a few that have gone through my head over the years. What if nobody comes? What if nobody cares? What if I fall flat on my face climbing onto the stage? What if the technology doesn't work? What if everybody turns around and laughs at me? What happens if my pants fall down? What happens if people notice I'm really nervous? What happens if people notice that I'm a bit anxious? What happens if it all goes wrong? And, 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 blah, 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 blah. Okay. You get the picture. And I'm sure it resonates with you. We often spend a lot of time overthinking things and getting caught up in all the what ifs. And usually the what ifs attributed to something that will go wrong. We don't often ask ourselves, well, what if it goes well? For example, instead of saying, what happens if everybody laughs? We could ask ourselves, what if everybody enjoys my content and feels empowered to take action afterwards? It felt a lot better just saying it. I felt a lot more bigger, alive, open, stronger than what if nobody listens? 
immediately the power in my voice went down. I wasn't even pretending that, just the words were small. Because when you ask those questions, you're making yourself small, you're catastrophizing, you're thinking of everything that could go wrong and ignoring all the amazing possibilities of what could go right. For example, you're doing a presentation at work. What if we sign the deal? What if this presentation gets us over the line? Pretty amazing, right? Might be a nice little bonus for you as well. If you're doing a speech, what if this speech leads to the increase in donations for my charity? Boom. Awesome, right? What if my presentation gets me a job? What if my piece of content causes 10 people to take action? What if my video gets five people that are currently depressed to go and talk to somebody because they've realized they're not alone? Awesome stuff, right? And that's the power. We're not focusing on the negatives, everything that can go wrong. What if I get tongue tied? Well, if you get tongue tied, take a minute, go onwards, just like I did a second ago. What happens if the technology goes wrong? Okay. Well, if the technology goes wrong, then I'm going to have to do without it. I have the faith in myself to get the job done. Again, don't let these negative what ifs have the power. You have the power here. You have the power. You're in control here. So control what you can control. The fact is you can control and everything else that might go wrong. Take it within your stride. Don't take it personally because you are awesome. You've got this. Make it happen. We all have the power to share positive messages, to share powerful messages, to facilitate and implement change. We all have that power within us. Yes, we might not all reach millions and millions and millions and millions of people with our messages, but do we have to? Do you want to? Do you need to? If your speech, if your presentation, if your video changes one person's life, then fair play to you. Fair play. You have done a fantastic fucking job. That's an amazing thing and you should be so proud. You should be so proud of the fact that you had the courage to get up, the courage to deliver and that amazing result afterwards. And don't ever forget that. Add it to your list of strengths and accomplishments and things to be proud of. And always look at that list every time you question yourself. Because, like I said, you're a powerful being. We've all got that power within us. We just need to believe it. But that leads us nicely into this episode's espresso shot of confidence. Which is believe in yourself. Take the first step. And then keep repeating those actions. Repeat, 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 repeat. Don't take your mistakes personally. Learn from them. Celebrate your wins. Build on them. Use those wins, those successes as momentum to push forwards. And then keep going. Keep going, constantly checking in with yourself, measuring that success, feeling proud of that success. And within no time, those mind monkeys, even though they'll still pipe up, you'll have the tools to tell them to fuck off and focus on the things that matter to you.
<laughs> I got all got a bit passionate there. Got all excited. Got a little tear in my eye as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. So that's it for this episode. Thank you so much for joining us and listening wherever you are in the world. To get notifications of when the latest episodes drop, be sure to subscribe wherever you're listening or watching this. And all that is left to say is have a great day, week, life, afterlife. And as always, don't forget to be awesome.